So many of us now, even though the country is in what has been described as a likely fifth wave of the pandemic, I know that uh, some of the experts we've been speaking to will say we're not quite in the fifth wave, but certainly concerns that uh, were there of of COVID-19 is a reminder of the fact that we're still very much living with this pandemic. And we cannot ignore what the impact of COVID-19 has been, particularly on healthcare workers. And we know that if we're talking just more generally about um, societies and different populations, there has been a marked increase in mental health disorders globally. Um, and, and, and it's different types of, of disorders that people uh, are now having to grapple with as a result of all of the different issues that have stemmed out of COVID-19. Healthcare workers are those people that have been on the front lines of fighting this disease. And yet, they are the people who say that they feel unable to ask for help because of the stigma that they face when they do. Dr. Alicia Porter is a member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. Dr. Porter, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Hi, good morning, Kathy. Lovely to be here. It's incredibly concerning that, you know, we talk about an industry that effectively helps and intervenes with all of us when we're not feeling well. And yet this these very group of, of people feel that they can't put their hands up to say that I'm not okay, especially where mental wellness is concerned. It is very concerning. And recently I am, I work with the Healthcare Workers Care Network. And recently a survey was done among those healthcare workers who did reach out for help during mm. the pandemic. And what we found through the survey is that about 82% of those who responded, and this was doctors, nurses, allied healthcare professionals um, that actually used the service. They said that you know the stigma attached to asking for help for their own mental health was actually one of the biggest things that prevented them, or was the resistance or the reluctance to actually um, reach out um, for help. There's also the expectations, you know, that are placed where people may feel as though they will be seen as incompetent or they fear, you know, being seen as weak or not being able to do their job Mm. if they reach out for help. So it really is very concerning. And so this poor help-seeking behavior among healthcare workers really is something that needs attention, especially with the pandemic and the effect that the pandemic has had on not just um, the general public's mental health, but I do think even healthcare workers are are suffering. Uh, Alicia, I want to take a different, um, you know, a different a different look at this and ask: Do healthcare workers face the stigma because there may be? perhaps an impression within the industry um, about people who do need help in as far as um, their mental wellness is concerned. So, so what I'm asking is that, is how healthcare workers feel about it a reflection 
of perhaps their own embedded views of how they see those who come and, and, and seek help in this regard? No, I think it's a combination. I do think it is um, something that healthcare workers in particular struggle with because there's definitely that superhero narrative um, out there, like healer, heal thyself. Um, so I, I do think that that contributes. But I also think that there is um, a contributing factor because I think stigma is just, there's just stigma attached to mental health generally, but more specifically because of what it might be perceived as. You know, in the workplace, you just got to get on with things. You got to do it. Um, even if you're running on, on empty, you just have to do it. You got to show up um, whether you're sick or not. Um, you know, and I often think that if one in three South Africans will suffer with a mental health disorder um, in their lifetime, healthcare workers are human beings we are not exempt from that statistic. So it's actually quite an unrealistic expectation. And so oftentimes it's also even just the view that, you know, the person behind the the white lab coats with the scrubs are not human um, because of the expectation, I think, that is placed on on healthcare workers. Is, is, is this expectation coming from the industry or you know, is it assumed that patients themselves um, or members of the public would judge healthcare workers if they're grappling with, you know, what, whatever challenges they, they might be facing when it comes to mental wellness? I think it's both, but I do think that the industry does um, play quite a significant role in kind of... Um, perpetuating the stigma mm. because it's not something that is normalized. We don't talk about it. It's talked, you know, about in hushed silences. I mean, I can remember at the beginning of the healthcare workers care, you know, when the healthcare workers care network was first um, formed, I used to man the, the email requests that would come in. And oftentimes somebody would reach out, you know, in crisis. And then when you kind of reach out to try to link with services, mm. you would not find the person, you know, you'd almost be ghosted um, because obviously at that point in crisis you reach out and then when it feels a little bit better or mm. it has subsided, there's this idea of, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't. And then there'd be some people who'd reach out, they'd ghost you and then they'd reach out again and it would take like months sometimes to actually get help available and then even when help was available it would be about availability you know because patient care comes first patients come first you know there's this giving out and looking after um and so even just trying to book an, an initial appointment often becomes quite challenging so i do think that it, it does come more i think from within rather than from on the outside and and the public. What are people resorting to in the absence of getting help? I mean, so it's things like um, self-medicating. Obviously, as as a doctor, you or even just a healthcare professional, you may self-medicate. Um, it's not always with necessarily over-the-counter medications, but 
prescription medications, you self-medicate with analgesia, self-medicate even with substances. So, you know, it can then lead to an increase in substance um, abuse and even suicide. Um, there's definitely been an increase in the suicide rates among healthcare professionals. I mean, I think there's just been an increase in suicide rates generally. Is there a way of intervening where the self-medication is concerned? I mean, um, how does one even begin to monitor and keep tabs on who is doing what so as to understand the scale of, of the problem and, and perhaps have some interventions? I mean, it's it's very difficult to, to monitor because we don't have like a central sort of system here within South Africa where we can monitor, you know, you'd need like a really astute um, pharmacist, for example, who notices and may then report, um, you know, but there's so many gaps within the system that as a healthcare professional, you are, although not quite okay, you can write scripts for yourself, for example. You know, so it it is very challenging and it's very difficult to monitor. Obviously, within the workplace even, you know, you'd need to have somebody who kind of notices subtle changes, notices that there may be a concern. So there's very little at the moment that may support or even help um, to sort of pick up if there's Mm. substance usage. It often takes a very long time and the process can also quite tedious um, as well. So you're going to need a very um, highly motivated, for example, um, supervisor to kind of um, detect and then follow through on that. So, so what what are the interventions? How do you, uh, how does the sector begin to create a, a safer space for its its employees and workers to be able to say, well? I'm, I'm not doing so well. Is there a need to have perhaps more uh, broader debriefing sessions that aren't seen to be targeting um, particular individuals and, and then hopefully out of that have conversations that are able to address some of these issues on a more one-on-one basis? Yes. So, I mean, I, I think we definitely need to be moving towards normalizing um you know, mental health concerns where, you know, we make it part of our everyday um, language and interactions in the healthcare workplaces. You know, things like just regular workplace check-ins um, and, you know, making mental health care like part of like the package of care for those in the caring, you know, profession. Sometimes just having spaces where you safe spaces you know, but oftentimes this fear is about confidentiality and, you know, but it's about how do we create these safe spaces so we can normalize talking about our mental health. I think that COVID really has given us that opportunity because, you know, there is great challenges and struggles globally with, with mental health. And so now would be a good opportunity to start normalizing those things. And that is why, like through the Healthcare Workers Care Network, we didn't just do um, individual, like kind of what we would call crisis intervention, where we offered individuals counseling, um, either individual or group support. We actually did, we had a two pronged approach where 
We did training for leaders and managers in terms of how to lead their teams from a mental health care uh, perspective during the pandemic. You know, so things like checking, having a buddy system, um, allowing people, you know, to take a rest and break. And so we looked at lots of literature from around the world to try to kind of make things that could be done practically within the environment. Because if the leaders, you know, and managers can kind of take that on, it makes the workspace um, a lot mm. um, more manageable. And so it's not just the individual, but the workplace that needs to, to change. You know, we often work both in the public and the private sector in very broken systems. But it's how do we navigate these systems and how do we build resilience um, so that the mm. system can kind of continue. Uh, Alicia, I'm just thinking about the impact of, again, going out to, to seek help and how that is associated or could be seen as having an impact on the long-term career and future project a trajectory of, of an individual. Do you find that um, in, in, in the sector, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, um, if you do say, look, I'm, I'm not doing so well, um, I, I need support in this area, that in future you could be seen as not being fit for particular roles because of the high pressure environment that, that, that the sector most of the time is? I mean, I think that that speaks to the stigma because I don't think that that's necessarily true that if you have a, you know, a mental health concern at this point. So say, for example, if you have anxiety or depression, you know, treatment of anxiety, depression, and even burnout, you know, the main aim of treatment is to return you to your level of functioning. And so if you actually seek treatment, if you have early um, detection, you seek treatment early, you could actually kind of be treated and move on from there. Whereas if you go untreated, that would definitely impact your functioning going forward. And so I think it really is a, um, that's more the stigma and, you know, that, that avails that if somebody has a mental health issue, that they are going to have a mental health issue, you know, um, and it's going to impact. I think untreated mental health concerns are more problematic for the long-term functioning than treating them because the Mm -hmm. consequences of not treating far outweigh the consequences or the benefits of actually Mm -hmm. treating a mental health concern and treating early. Oftentimes, people come when it's really severe because they've been kind of going on and running, you know, on empty and just going and going and going, whereas if you know, treatment was sought earlier, the prognosis is always better, even you know, from a long-term trajectory perspective. Uh, do, do you find that there are differences in terms of uh, how different generations of healthcare workers are dealing with these issues? Because I know that during the pandemic, often you'd find, um, especially young doctors, young nurses, taking to their social media profiles and just talking about um, the experiences and talking about the challenges that that they're facing, but you hardly ever see that with um, the older generation. And you know, and, and and I don't think that it's just because they're not necessarily 
on social media as much as uh, you know younger uh, professionals are i mean that's that's a re- that's really interesting Kathy, because it is true i do think that you know the new generation or the younger doctors you know we often um joke and say they've got all the fields you know so they kind of not afraid about speaking out about their mental health um but they are in a system where the older generation is still there and there is an amount of rigidity and there is still stigma attached. And so, you know, they kind of, within the institutions of, of healthcare, there's still the stigma that's attached. And even though, you know, as the younger generation, they are definitely more willing to and more open about it. And I do think that maybe we could take a page um, from the their book. But yes, they, you know, to answer your question, there definitely is is a difference. And I think that also put it that also puts a stress and strain on the system because you've got then, you know, the younger um, you know, healthcare professionals saying, you know what, we need attention paid to our mental mm. mental health. But you'll find that the older um, generation are the ones who are the leaders, the managers and the workplace is still not um kind of geared towards managing or geared towards um, mental health concerns. So you definitely have a disparity and a disconnect between the old and and the new. And, 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 and also yeah. puts the pressure. And Alicia, how you're describing it to us and, you know, how it's it's said in the industry that the younger people are are, are in their fields, that, that in and of itself, I, I think tells us it, it speaks to that stigma because it effectively says uh, you know if, if if you're up in your fields part of what that suggests is that you, you're sensitive you know like um you 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 you're too emotional get you know kind of snap out of it yes and i've i've had you know i've had like um colleagues come pulling their hair out saying, you know, like if I hear one more person say they're going to take a mental health day, I'm just going to scream. They don't make them like they used to. You know, they just need to get over themselves and all of these things. But again, that just speaks to to the stigma within the system. And as I say, there's definitely a disconnect because like you say, you know, there definitely is the younger generation are more willing, whereas they do find themselves in environments where the system is not willing to kind of bend or change or adapt, you know, to kind of paying more attention to, to mental health. All right, Dr. Alicia Porter, member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists, thanks for coming on to the show and telling us more about that issue. It's 11.30, Dineo Mutawung is standing by with the latest headlines.